Your stories don't define you. How you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker of Elkins Consulting. Many of my clients reach out to me because they're in transition. Their children are hitting milestone ages. They want more from their work. They're hitting a big number birthday. And they want to develop clarity about their natural strengths, what their next adventure might look like. In this series, you'll hear me ask my guests questions to dig deeply into the stories that shaped their lives, stories that uncover patterns and may unveil insights into dissatisfaction and also where their strengths lie and where they found and continue to find joy. This podcast's intention is to have listeners think of their own related stories and how they tell them, discovering the internal messages that are limiting their success and discovering how to shift their stories so they become positive life lessons to move them forward. If you're curious about what it would be like to work with me, visit elkinsconsulting.com and schedule a one-time 90-minute StrengthsFinder session. Episode 112, Micro-Adjustments for the Win. Want to change in your life? Make small adjustments to shift your story. I was walking down the mountain after a rigorous hike up with the dog. Wearing the special spikes on my hiking boots made it safe for me on the slippery slopes, but they also changed the way I walked, forcing my feet and legs to use different muscles than usual. As I made my way down the steepest part, I could feel the familiar pain in my right knee, just behind the knee and along the outside tendon. I picked up some snow and packed it onto my knee, stopping long enough to feel the cold through my layers of clothes. Toby, my dog, was prancing down the hillside, his tail windmilling with happiness and satisfaction, distracting me for just a few minutes from the pain in my knee. But then it hit hard, sharp, and painful enough to make me stop for more snowpack. One thing I've learned in my many years of hiking and climbing is that very small adjustments to my movements and muscle use can make a huge difference in my comfort level. Thinking along those lines and remembering that a few summers ago, I noticed that when I splayed out my toes inside my hiking boots, it relieved some of the pain in my hips. So I tried that and other micro adjustments to my gait and posture. I noticed an almost immediate improvement in my knee pain when I tightened my abdominal muscles and tucked my hips in a bit to be better aligned with my knees as I descended the steep part of the trail. Focusing hard to keep that alignment, I realized I was at the bottom of the steep part and my knee didn't hurt at all. Years ago, I had a private session with my friend Marcia Polis. She's a woman that's incredibly in tune with body mechanics. Her motto is, it shouldn't hurt to do your job. And she works with bartenders, baristas, actors, dancers, and other professionals whose work requires repetitive and intense movement. She's the one who alerted me to the power of these micro-adjustments to my movement and posture. When I got home after the amazing hike, no pain in my knee, I thought about why it's so important to have awareness like this. If I continue to hike with that kind of pain, eventually I'll have enough damage to not be able to hike. And that would break my heart. So I do everything I can to ensure that tomorrow, And well into the future, my body is able to do what I love to do, explore outside in almost any condition, hiking and adventuring all over the world. 
Now I realize that we make micro adjustments in life too. And if we're conscious of them, they can make a huge difference in our comfort, in our space, in our skin, and in our relationships. Here's an example. I've never been a great housekeeper. My husband was always the one driving house cleaning. And though I played my part to help, it wasn't a priority for me the way it was for him. As a matter of fact, when we were in a childbirth class in Washington, D.C., before our first son was born, the instructor said to the group, don't be surprised if your pregnant partner wakes up in the middle of the night with the urge to vacuum, dust, and organize. It's called nesting, and it's totally normal. Bob elbowed me playfully and asked, when will that happen to you? In the 25 plus years of our relationship, I've found that a clean house means a much happier partner. So I've made efforts to see our home from his perspective. As I walk through our foyer and see clutter on the entrance table, I organize it or clear it. Walking up the stairs, if I see a piece of paper or something else out of place, I pick it up which is something I might not have noticed earlier in my life. These aren't huge adjustments to me, my character, or my time, but they make a big difference in how our house looks. Here's another example. Years ago, my friend Susan Rooks, the grammar goddess on LinkedIn, wrote an article about a mechanic shooting all over her. You should have had your oil changed two months ago. You should get your fluids and tires checked every six months. You should yada, yada, yada. By the time she left the garage, she was completely slimed with condescension. She never went back. It was at that point I realized the word should could be completely removed from my vocabulary, whether referring to shoulding on myself or shoulding on others. It was a tiny adjustment to my language and vocabulary, and it takes a lot of practice, but here we are. A few years later, and I rarely use that word, it has made a huge difference in my relationships with my children, my spouse, and my clients. Sometimes I get pushback from my clients about our work together. They raise concerns about changing themselves to make others more comfortable. I shouldn't have to change who I am because someone doesn't like me, is a common refrain. And I completely agree. You don't have to care what everybody else thinks, but you do need to care about what certain people think of you. You can't have healthy, satisfying relationships with people when you don't care what they think of you. I care what my husband and children think of me. I care what my clients think of me. My behavior, my words, the stories I share are an intentional projection of my character and my values. When I talk about making micro-adjustments to language and behavior, I'm referring to the things that contribute to the health of your relationships. If you want to influence people, you have to care what they think of you, and you have to care about them and their needs. By removing the word should from my vocabulary with our boys and using phrases like, have you considered, or that might not work out the way you think it will, maybe try this instead? Or when I did that, this is what happened. Do you think it will be different for you? Why? Our relationships became more trusting, more open. 
our boys were more likely to come to me when they had a problem or an idea because they knew it was unlikely that I'd should all over them. Truly, I can see a pretty clear delineation in my relationships with them when I think in terms of my language shift away from that word. What other micro adjustments can we make in our lives to ensure future comfort and satisfaction in our lives and relationships? I know I'll continue to think about this, and I'm looking forward to seeing where I can be more intentional here. Thank you for listening to the Your Stories Don't Define You podcast. Are you facing a transition right now? A big birthday coming up? Considering a career change, retirement? Maybe empty nesting or divorce? Are you overwhelmed with the millions of opportunities that seem to be opening in our global community? Not sure where to start, what questions to ask yourself, and questioning what you're even qualified for? If you're eager to start exploring and would appreciate a guide, my recently launched Discovering Clarity course is now available for $149. I highly recommend that you register with a friend or a group of friends to keep each other accountable. Message me for a discount code for multiple registrations. Visit elkinsconsulting.com slash discovering hyphen clarity. My friend Trent said this to me a few years ago, hope is not a strategy. Instead of, I hope this year is better, say, this year will be better, and then take steps to make it better. In my work, I call it planting seeds. Every day that my motivation hesitates, I ask myself which seeds I can plant right this minute to improve my future. I make myself choose two seeds, one for future income and one for the health of important relationships. It's really amazing how much can change by simply taking small steps. But nothing will change if you say, I hope 2022 is better than 2021 and then do nothing to make that happen. What seeds will you plant today? Thank you.